And for our scripture reading today, we'll turn to the gospel according to Luke, Luke chapter 23. We'll read the account according to Luke of the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 23, and we'll read the entire chapter beginning at verse 1. Hear now the word of the Lord. Then the whole multitude of them arose and led him to Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this fellow perverting the nation and forbidding to pay taxes to Caesar, saying that he himself is Christ, a king. Then Pilate asked him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? He answered him and said, It is as you say. So Pilate said to the chief priests and the crowd, I find no fault in this man. But they were more fierce, saying, He stirs up the people, teaching throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee to this place. And when Pilate heard of Galilee, he asked if the man were a Galilean. And as soon as he knew that he belonged to Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem at that time. Now when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceeding glad, for he had desired for a long time to see him, because he had heard many things about him, and he hoped to see some miracle done by him. Then he questioned him with many words, but he answered him nothing. And the chief priest and scribe stood and vehemently accused him. Then Herod, with his men of war, treated him with contempt and mocked him, arrayed him in a gorgeous robe, and sent him back to Pilate. And that very day, Pilate and Herod became friends with each other, for previously they had been at enmity with each other. Then Pilate, when he had called together the chief priests, the rulers, and the people, said to them, You have brought this man to me as one who misleads the people, and indeed I have examined him in your presence. I have found no fault in this man concerning those things of which you accuse him. No, neither did Herod, for I sent you back to him, and indeed nothing deserving of death has been done by him. I will therefore chastise him and release him, for it was necessary for him to release one, of, one to them at the feast. And they all cried out at once, saying, Away with this man, and release unto us Barabbas, who had been thrown into prison for a certain rebellion made in the city and for murder. Pilate, therefore, wishing to release Jesus, again called out to them. But they shouted, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Then he said to them the third time, Why? What evil has he done? I have found no reason for death in him. I will therefore chastise him and let him go. But they were insistent, demanding with loud voices that he be crucified. And the voices of these men and of the chief priests prevailed. So Pilate gave sentence that it should be as they requested. And he released to them the one they requested for whom, who for rebellion and murder had been thrown into prison. But he delivered Jesus to their will. Now as they led him away, they, let, they laid hold of a certain man, Simon a Cyrenian, who was coming from the country, and on him they laid the cross, that he might bear it after Jesus. 
And a great multitude of the people followed him, and the women who also mourned and lamented him. But Jesus, turning to them, said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves for your, for, and for your children. For indeed, the days are coming in which they will say, Blessed are the barren wombs that never bore and breasts which never nursed. nursed. And then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us. And to the hills cover us. For if they do these things in the greenwood, what will be done in the dry? And there were also two others, criminals, led with him to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. And then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots, and the people stood looking on. But even the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Christ, the chosen of God. The soldiers also mocked him, coming and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And an inscription also was written over him in letters of Greek, Latin, and Hebrew, This is the king of the Jews. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other, answering, rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Now it was about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. Then the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was torn in two. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, Into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. So when the centurion saw what had happened, he glorified God, saying, Certainly this was a righteous man. And the whole crowd who came together to that site, seeing what had been done, beat their breasts and returned. But all his acquaintances and the women who followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things. And now, behold, there was a man named Joseph, a council member, a good and just man. He had not consented to their decision indeed. He was from Arimathea, a city of the Jews, who himself was also waiting for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then he took it down, wrapped it in linen, and laid it in a tomb that was hewn out of a rock, where no one had ever lain before. And that day was a preparation, and the Sabbath drew near. And the women who had come with him from Galilee followed after, and they observed the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and fragrant oils, and they rested on the Sabbath day according to the commandment. So this far our scripture reading for this morning. Dear congregation, in Luke 23 we read about the other criminals on the cross And the one, particularly in verse 40, he rebuked the other criminal 
And he said in verse 40, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. You may have the question, why did Jesus die? Why did the Lord Jesus Christ have to die? When here even the criminal on the cross noticed or knew that he had done nothing wrong. And why is that important for us to know? Why is it important for us to understand why or how the Lord Jesus died? Because have we already learned to see, as this criminal learned in the dying moments of of, of his life, he confessed that he deserved to die, that he deserved to be hung on the cross, that he deserved the punishment that he needed. But, But more than that, he also learned to see who the Lord Jesus was. And that he saw that soon he would have to die. And soon he would have to stand before God. And even though he is paying for his crimes on earth on the cross, he knew that he could never pay for his sins when he had to face God. Have we learned to see that? Why did the Lord Jesus Christ come to die as a criminal? He was crucified as a criminal so that criminals can be forgiven. And so our theme this morning is Christ crucified as a criminal. And we need to see first, children, we need to see what this criminal on the cross recognized. That Jesus was innocent. That like like this criminal said in verse 41, this man has done nothing wrong. And so then, why was he crucified? Well, first we can look at what happened by the people, the Jews. The Jews, they wanted him crucified. They said in verse 2, they accused him of perverting the nation, of forbidding to pay taxes to Caesar, and of saying that he is Christ, a king. In verse 5, they said he's stirring up the people with all his teaching. And in verse 14, they accuse him of misleading the people by his teachings. But these, these are all lies. They're only using that as excuses. And, and so in, in the parallel passage in Matthew 26, you may want to have your Bible open to there as well, Matthew 27. In Matthew 26, verse 59, it says, they were looking for false testimony against Jesus so they could put him to death. The Jews were looking for false testimony. See, the rulers of the Jews had won over the people and, and caused them to, to hate the Lord Jesus, to think that he was a blasphemer, to think that he was worthy of death. And so he was, he was hated by almost everyone. He was mocked by almost everyone. You can see it in, in verse 35. It was the, the crowd along with the rulers. They, they mocked the Lord Jesus. The soldiers standing there in verse 36 in, in Luke 23 were mocking the Lord Jesus. And in verse 39, even the criminals themselves hanging on the cross were mocking Jesus. And so he was falsely accused by the people. But then the people had no legal power to put him to death. The the, the Romans ruled over the land and all 
um, to put anyone to death, they had to go through the Roman judges. And so they brought him to Pilate. Now, Pilate was the Roman governor, the Roman ruler. And he was a judge who would have to give the sentence uh, if, uh, upon Jesus. And he's, he gave in to the people's demands. He gave in to their pressure to kill the Lord Jesus. And Pilate was the one who officially sentenced the Lord Jesus to death by crucifixion. And children, that is a horrible death. Crucifixion is one of the most horrible ways to die, where they, where they nail your hands and your feet to the cross, and they stand you up on the cross, and there you hang in the heat of the day, even for days on end, until you eventually die from thirst and from exhaustion and from the pain and the blood loss. And so Jesus was condemned. He was, he was sentenced. He was crucified as a criminal, along with other criminals. And he could say it was even by criminals that he was crucified because they had done it out of envy, it says in Matthew. But the Bible also makes very clear that the Lord Jesus was innocent. And this is what we are shown in Matthew 27, verse 4. Judas admitted that the Lord Jesus was innocent. And he said, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. But the chief priests and Pharisees, they they didn't care. They said, what is that to us? You see to that. Judas knew he could not keep the money that he got from them. And he threw it back at their feet. And they knew it was the money of blood, so they did, could not use it in the temple. So instead they bought a piece of land to use as a graveyard. Judas knew. The scribes and Pharisees knew he was betrayed and falsely accused. But also in Matthew 27, verse 19, Pilate's, Pilate's own wife came to him when he was sitting on the judgment seat because she was having dreams and being tormented because of knowing that the Lord Jesus was innocent. He said, have nothing to do with this just man Because I've suffered many things today in a dream because of him. But then there was Pilate himself, the official judge. He finds nothing worthy of Jesus. And three times, three times he declares openly that he finds nothing in the Lord Jesus to condemn him. In Luke 23 verse 14, he says, I have found no fault in this man. In verse 15, nothing worthy of death has been done by him. In verse 22, he said for the third time, why? What evil has he done? I found no reason for death in him. And he even quotes Herod for for backup because Herod also could not find anything in verse 15 wrong, wrong with Jesus. But regardless of that, in verse 23, the crowds wanted Jesus dead. And they insisted and they demanded with loud voices that he be crucified. And so the pressure of the people prevailed. And Pilate even washed his hands showing that he knew Jesus was innocent and he did not want anything to do with his death. Jesus was innocent. But the Jews wanted to kill him because he claimed to be the Son of God, their Messiah. And they thought that was blasphemy. But then even further on, after the Lord Jesus was crucified, when he died in verse 47, 
The Roman centurion that was standing there under the cross, he looked up and, and he, he saw what happened. He saw what was done and he glorified God saying, certainly this was a righteous man. And then right in the middle of, of it all, these words again of that thief on the cross, that criminal. He says, we indeed justly, we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. So then what is the purpose of this, children? What is the purpose that the Lord Jesus had to die innocently? Why could he not, like the people were mockingly saying, why could he not save himself if he was the Son of God? Why could he not come off the cross? Why did he have to die such a horrible death? And even though he was accused by the people, innocently condemned by Pilate, and crucified as a criminal and with the criminals, there's still another reason. There's still another reason, children, why the Lord Jesus had to be on the cross. See, all these things had to happen to show us and to teach us that he was legally condemned and yet innocent. And that's what we see. Secondly, we must see that the Lord Jesus died for sinners, for criminals. We need to see that he died on the cross for criminals. And the the main purpose that he was on the cross is that Jesus was crucified because he stood legally condemned as a guilty criminal before the judgment seat of God. Children, if you think of this example, if you have done something wrong and you have to go to court and you're standing there and you are guilty and you cannot pay your fine, but then your friend comes along who has not done anything wrong and he says, I will stand here. I will take the punishment for you. He has come to take your place. He has come to take your punishment. And this is what we need to see that the Lord Jesus Christ has done for his people. Truly, Jesus was innocent. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. He was born of the Virgin Mary without any original sin. He lived in this world without any actual sin, even though he was tempted in every way by Satan. But it was because the Lord Jesus Christ was innocent that he can take the place of guilty sinners. Because he was innocent, he could come and stand in the place of guilty sinners in the court of heaven. And that's what Isaiah 53 says. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. That means our guilt, the liability of our wrongdoing has been laid on Christ. It's imputed to him. It's charged to his account. He stands where we deserve to stand. And our sins are charged to Him. And because our sin is is charged to Him, He was sentenced to death by God and He took that punishment. He was crucified on the cross. He hung on the cross with the criminals as a criminal to show that He stood in the place of criminals and of sinners before God's judgment seat. And so as the innocent Lamb of God, he took the place of, of, of guilty sinners. He took on him the iniquity of us all. He bore the wrath of God for sin. And Jesus knew who he was dealing with here. He knew he was not really dealing with 
the people who falsely accused him or Pilate who sentenced him or the soldiers who are mocking him. But he was dealing with his Father in heaven. He was dealing with his heavenly Father as judge. He told Pilate himself that Pilate could have no power against him unless it was given to him from heaven. And this is why the Lord Jesus prayed so earnestly in Gethsemane, Father, not my will, but thine be done. That's why the Lord Jesus said when he was hung on the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what to do. That's why he cried at the end before he died, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. And that's why nature itself showed and expressed that, God, that Jesus was dealing with God. The sun was darkened for three hours as the creator of heaven and earth punished sin in his only son. Here God demonstrated his, his love for us that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And why is that important to understand? Jesus stood in the place of guilty sinners, crucified as a criminal, with criminals, by criminals, but for criminals. But Jesus stood there willingly. He came as that substitute. He took that punishment upon himself willingly before we even realized that we are guilty before a holy God. While we still misunderstand God, while we still reject God, while we still revile Him like the thief on the cross and like the soldiers and like the rulers and like like all the people, Christ died for the ungodly. While we still go on living our lives as if there is no God in heaven, Christ died for sinners. And in those moments of darkness and agony, the debt of sin was paid as, as Christ gave his life as a ransom for sinners. But there all that guilt was removed as Christ got, uh, called out to God and as he breathed his last and as he committed his spirit into God's hand. And there we see how, how God was satisfied with that, with the work of Christ as he when the veil of the temple ripped from the top to the bottom, showing that his justice had been satisfied, that, that, that sin had been paid, that sin had been atoned for now. And all those sacrifices are no longer needed because Christ was that one and final sacrifice for sin. And this means that God's anger has been removed forever. This means that, that God's anger has been turned away because Christ has taken the sin away. And children, it is because Christ died perfectly innocent and because he took the punishment for sinners that he is now able to save the greatest of sinners because he has paid the sin debt in full. And he can save even you, children and young people and old people. And we need to learn from the example of the thief, this criminal on the cross, And that's what we see thirdly. We need to recognize our own guilt and our own condemnation before God. And we must see our need for Christ to take our place. We must see the need for Christ not only to take the place of sinners, but for Christ to take my place. 
to take our place before God. Because if we only believe that the Lord Jesus was innocent, if we only believe that the Lord Jesus was hanging there perfectly innocent, it will not do us any good. Judas knew he was innocent. But he went and hung himself. Pilate knew the Lord Jesus was innocent. He declared him innocent. He was warned by others that he was innocent. He wanted to let him go, but he never. He crucified him. And yet it did not change Pilate. The women that were following the Lord Jesus, when they saw what was done to Jesus, verse 27, they were weeping and lamenting. But Jesus warns them, don't weep over me, but weep for yourselves, weep for your own sins, weep for your problems, weep for the coming judgment. Because out of fear they will call for the rocks to fall on them and for the mountains to hide them from the coming wrath of God. Pilate was an unjust judge. He condemned an innocent person to death. But God is a perfectly righteous and holy judge who cannot lie, who cannot make any mistakes, and who knows perfectly what lives in your heart and my heart. And he will judge perfectly. The Bible says it's appointed for all men once to die. And then the judgment then you and I will all have to stand before God. And then He will judge us. Then the books of of heaven will be opened, the books of our conscience and our hearts, to see what have we done. And He's not going to see if we have more good than bad in our life, to see if our good outweighs the bad. No, He's going to see if we are perfectly holy. Have we kept every single one of His commandments perfectly? Have we never sinned at all in our life? Have we been born without sin? Do we, are we perfect? Do we have any sins in our life, children? Will we be able to stand before God on that day? Will He say, come into heaven? Or will He say, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Who can stand before God on that judgment day? We will all be found guilty if we have to stand there for our own account. If we have to stand there with our sins still in our hand. So we need to see what the thief saw. It's not enough to see that he was innocent. But we must see first our own sin and our own guilt. How we have... broken all the commandments of God, that we were born in sin, that our natural hearts are enmity against God. You know how your heart does not want to listen to God, how it does not want to follow God, but how it hates God even as these Jews did, how it mocks God, how it despises and reviles Him. We live like the criminals. We live like the Jews doing our own thing. Do we see that it's our fault that the Lord Jesus had to come into this world to die on the cross? Because we sinned against God. That it's for our sins that He had to come and hang on that cross. But when we see that, then we become silent like this this criminal did. Then we begin to consider, how will I stand before God? 
How will I enter eternity? But then we begin to fear the judgment of God. That as Jesus says, you will call for the mountains to cover you, to hide you from the wrath of God. We need to see that even if we have a good life, so to speak, in this world, that we've done many good things, that we have never been found guilty in the courts here in this world, that we are still guilty in the courts of heaven. There is none righteous, God says, no, not one. God can't allow a single sin to enter heaven. Heaven is sinless. Now, we might try to live better. We might try to live a little better life. But all sin must be punished. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We need to see what the thief saw. The thief acknowledged that he deserved a punishment. He said in verse 41, We hang here indeed justly because we receive the due reward of our deeds. We deserve this punishment. But he also realized that he would have to die and he knew that he could not face God when he died. He knew that he could not face God's judgment seat when he died. He knew he deserved this cross and he was even willing to bear that. He said, we deserve this for what we have done in this world. He, <clears throat> he put up with the pain on the cross. And somehow he was able to mock the Lord Jesus at first. And after that, he was able to, to rebuke his, his partner on the other cross. But he recognized he deserved this punishment. And he was willing to take this punishment. And he knew he could pay this punishment. But he knew that when he entered heaven, a few moments later when he had to die, he knew that he could not face God. He knew that his sins were not forgiven. And that he would have to be cast into everlasting hell and damnation because his sins were not forgiven. He knew he could not face a holy and a righteous God. That's what we need to see, people. We need to see our own guilt, children. That we have sinned. That we have done wrong things. Not just some wrong things, but that we have sinned against a holy and a perfect God. That we have offended God. That we have blasphemed God. That we have hated God. That we have disowned God. And that we stand guilty before God's judgment seat. That's what we need to see like the thief saw. But we need to see something more. More importantly, this, this thief, he saw that Jesus, he, he saw something in the Lord Jesus that the Holy Spirit needs to show us as well. He saw that the Lord Jesus was hanging there on the cross for sinners. This is Jesus. This is the man who has done nothing wrong. This is the one who they call Jesus because, they shall, because he shall save his people from their sins. This is the one who will save them because he has paid for those sins with his own life. And that's what he was doing there on the cross. And so when he realizes he is a sinner, when we realize that we are a sinner, that we have to stand before God, that I cannot stand before God, then we begin to cry out, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to enter heaven? What must I do to be forgiven? And that's what the thief did in verse 42. That's what we need to cry out, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. 
It seems that the thief did not even dare to ask to be able to come to heaven as well. He only said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Whatever he understood about Jesus, he knew that he would have a kingdom and that he was the Savior, the Messiah of sinners. Is that your cry as well? God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Is there still hope for someone like me? Do you ever wonder that? Can I still be forgiven for what I have done? Is it not too late for me? Lord, please remember me. Because then we can also hear what the thief heard. The thief, he would die later that day. But Jesus promises him more than he could uh, have imagined or anticipated. He gives him eternal life. He says here in verse 43, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. With me in paradise, in glory, in heaven. The thief confesses guilt to Jesus. And here's the difference. Judas never confessed. Pilate never confessed. The other thief never confessed. But this thief did. And that's what the Bible says. If you confess your sins to God, God is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Why? Because the Lord Jesus, because the Lord Jesus Christ stood in your place in the court of heaven. He took your place. And God will give you more than you dare ask for. When you confess your sins to God for Christ's sake and say, have mercy upon me, Lord. He takes them all away. He nails them to the cross where Jesus hung. And there they are paid in full, forever taken away. All your sins you have ever done, nothing remains. And He takes away all that guilt And He removes it from you. And He gives you instead that perfect righteousness and obedience of the Lord Jesus Christ. He stood in your spot so that you can stand in His spot. You wear the covering of Christ's righteousness. God will then see you as perfectly innocent as Christ was innocent. Because Christ stood in your place carrying your guilt. Christ hung on the cross perfectly innocent so that guilty criminals could enter heaven. Yes, that thief had to suffer the consequences of his crimes on earth. He was sentenced by the earthly judge. He was crucified. But he still had to face his heavenly judge. But now he knew he could enter the courtroom of heaven when he died knowing that he was already forgiven knowing that he could enter in because the Lord Jesus had stood there for him and taken his place for him. Jesus was condemned here by the earthly judge Pilate to show us that he was innocent. But Jesus stood condemned under the heavenly court as he bore the iniquities of his people, the wrongdoings, the guilt of his people. And when all that darkness descended on Calvary's hill, there he prayed the price for all the sins of his people. Peter, 1 Peter 3 says, For Christ has once suffered for sin, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, 
but quickened in the Spirit. Why did Jesus die, children? He died so that you can live. So that you can stand before the judgment seat of heaven and earth. Because, God, because Jesus stood before God as guilty for you. Do you fear God? Do you know that you are guilty before God? Do you, your, see, your, do you see your sins, your condemnation and your guilt before God? Do you see that Christ died innocent? That He died because of sin? That God punished Him so that you can be saved? Just like that thief on the cross. That even if your whole life up till now has been nothing but sin, and even now if you have a death sentence like the thief on the cross and only moments to live, there is still hope for you. There is life beyond the grave. And that's the hope of every Christian. And that's the reality of every criminal who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, we deserve condemnation. But Christ took it upon Himself for sinners. And if He has taken it upon Himself, then it is gone forever. And we are to do like this criminal on the cross did. To call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved, the Bible says. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Christ says assuredly, today you shall be with me in paradise. Will you call on him today? Will you seek him that your sins will be carried away? And that you may be found righteous in the sight of a holy God when you have to stand before Him on Judgment Day. Amen.